Thank you for joining the Georgia Chamber podcast. For 105 years, we have been the leading voice of business in the state of Georgia. Through these podcasts, we want to help you better understand the issues facing our state and how your business can grow and prosper. Thanks for joining us. To learn more, go to www.gachamber.com. Good afternoon. I'm Chris Clark, President and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. And I want to welcome you to our town hall meeting today to discuss the future of transportation and our ports with our DOT commissioner and our executive director of the Georgia Ports Authority. As always, we are joined with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Santiago Marquez is with us today uh, as a co-host and co-sponsor of this. And I also want to recognize and thank the Georgia Transportation Alliance for their help in not only putting together this event today, but for all of their incredible work that they do to support freight and logistics development in the state of Georgia. Uh, for those of you joining us, I want to remind you to please follow us uh, at gachamber.com slash COVID-19. We recently put up a new uh, guidance document for the PPP forgiveness loans, so you can get the latest information there from the federal government and from the SBA. I also want to give you a heads up that uh, we will not, uh, our next call will be uh, next week with Dr. Toomey. Uh, she'll be discussing contact tracing and how we move forward with the pandemic response in the state of Georgia. Also next week will be our second round, uh, resiliency roundtable. That one will be focused on tourism and hospitality. We'll have folks from the Brave, Six Flags, the Golden Isles, and Cobb CVB with us. So I hope that you'll join us for those events as well. But we've got a full um, program for you here over the next few minutes. For issues, quite frankly, that I hear more questions about from members and businesses around the state are, you know, how are our gas tax revenue doing? What's the future of transportation funding? How are the Georgia Ports Authorities doing during this, during this crisis? And so we're going to dive all into that. And to kick us off, I'll ask Santiago uh, to, in, to welcome everyone and introduce our first speaker. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I hope everybody's safe. And I want to thank Chris and the Georgia Chamber for their leadership and, and mentorship in this crisis. And overall, they've been great partners. It's a pleasure for me to be here with you guys. And, and we're following in the lead of the Georgia Chamber in terms of updating information uh, daily and creating task force to try to inform our community and our members on what's going on. Also working with resiliency and reopening. Um, so it's my pleasure today to uh, introduce Commissioner Rus Russell McMurray. Um, and we are looking forward to having a very vibrant uh, conversation on transportation, something that impacts all of us here in Georgia. Commissioner? Thank you, Santiago. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with everybody today and glad to provide a little bit about what's going on with the Georgia Department of Transportation because we are getting a lot of questions. And of course, we've remained open for business. The Homeland Security and Cyber the Homeland Security Cyber and Infrastructure Agency deemed transportation infrastructure as an essential function. So we've remained open this whole time. Obviously, just like many of you working in a very different situation, but I'm very proud of the fact that over half of our employees, and we're almost 4,000 employees, have continued to work in the area of maintenance, construction, and operations. And you see the heroes or the champs patrolling the roadway to provide motorist assistance. They've continued to work through COVID-19 and to be able to figure out how to work differently, to try to social distance and practice the hygiene, 
practices that CDC and Department of Public Health recommend. So we've had to figure out how to work differently to keep Georgia's economy going, especially as it relates to transportation infrastructure. And like the rest of you, we've had over 1,500 of our employees now telework, whereas before we had only about 100. So we're figuring out how to make things work differently. And today we hosted our third virtual state transportation board meeting. So uh, again, just like you, working forward. But one of the things I'm very proud of, and I say this humbly, is that the Department of Transportation can be part of the COVID-19 mission. Working with GEMA and the Department of Public Health, and of course with the Governor Kemp and the, his team on helping the medical front. And almost every day, without fail, members of the Georgia Department of Transportation are moving, are moving medical supplies and goods all across the state to hospitals, to medical facilities, from universities, and we're just glad that we can play one small role in the COVID-19 response because we've had a lot going on. And if you don't have to remember back, just back to March and April, of uh, floods and storms and the like. In fact, two other executive orders by the governor of states of emergency due to flooding that we saw, especially in middle and South Georgia, and then the storms and tornadoes really picked up on Easter Sunday into the Monday of the following week. And again, I'm super proud of the men and women of Georgia DOT to respond to these emergencies, to provide aid, not only on the state routes and interstates, but to help our counties and our cities to recover. As you can see from the image there, you know, when you have a house in the middle of the road that's in Upson County, you know, things are not normal. And uh, again, our workers have figured out how to, do, how to continue to work uh, in these challenging times, providing aid when it's needed the most. Now, one of the things we're continuing to do, as I talked about, is continue to advance and uh, progress construction projects because stopping a construction project is really not something that you want to do. You don't want to leave things in unsafe conditions. And inherently, in every construction project we do, there's a safety benefit. So continuing to advance critical infrastructure projects is our mission. One thing I think it's really important to note is that all our active construction projects or right-of-way projects or design projects are already fully funded. We're unlike other states that have cash flowed their transportation programs are now having to stop due to the cash flow issue due to less traffic volume and less you know, taxes available to fund transportation. So I think it's really important to note that Georgia is in a good spot that for every active construction project out there, it will be completed and the money is backed to do that. So that's really a good thing. The other thing we want to remind everybody is of was a, some, a study that Carl Vinson Institute did just a few years ago that looked at for every $1 million invested in transportation infrastructure, there was 850 million indirect dollars to the economy within that stayed within Georgia. So again, you know, transportation infrastructure supports the economy. I threw this slide in to remind everybody that this is congestion. And it's sort of a, a little bit of an irony now that at the Department of Transportation, we're saying, wow, we'd like to see some more traffic and some heavier traffic when before we were trying to take on this challenge and figure out how to have less congestion. And obviously uh, a little bit of a yin and yang moment for us. So let's talk about traffic because I get a lot of questions about that. 
Well, this is the downtown connector in Atlanta. Just a month ago at morning rush hour, this was around 7.30 when this picture was taken, I believe. Well, that's not exactly what we're used to. And as you know, traffic volumes are down. So let me tell you what these trends look like. We saw a low of traffic volumes being on average 40 to 50% down about the first full week of April, that week of April 5th, and maybe the fall into the following week. So that's sort of the good news is we've seen the bottom of how low traffic numbers will go. And again, 40 to 50% is on average. So, you know, places with a lot more and a lot less, uh, but it really sort of bottomed out then. Very interesting dynamic on trucks. At the onset of COVID-19, we saw truck volumes increase, as you can imagine. Then we saw them de decrease, especially on uh, the local roads and the state routes, not the interstates. And if you think about how the supply chain changed, uh, there was a lot less local deliveries, but continue a lot of through trucks and you know, freight movement on the interstates. The good news now is truck volumes are either about normal or even higher than normal. And that's very good. Now, as we look at traffic volumes today and this week, uh, we're seeing traffic volumes being down somewhere in the magnitude of 20 to 25%. So we're seeing uh, uh, rebound, if you will, maybe rebounds the wrong word, but we're seeing a recovery that obviously correlates with opening and your travel patterns. So uh, very interesting to see how this is changing, but probably the more important data set to look at that we're looking at is something called vehicle miles traveled. And it's, uh, I use this example on the graphic is if you were to draw a box around Georgia and add up how many miles people travel on a daily basis, you get vehicle miles traveled. And in fact, in Georgia on a normal day, pre-COVID-19, there would be about 330 million miles driven every day in Georgia. And that translated to about 6.5 billion gallons of gas consumed last year. So the vehicle miles travel story is a little different. In fact, we saw vehicle miles travel probably bottom out at about 60 to 65% below normal. We're back to about 35% below normal. Those numbers are beginning to come back. And I just challenge you to think about your patterns. You're probably driving a little more than you did, but you're certainly not driving as far as you did. So this will continue to rebound as more and more things open up and obviously we reach new normal. We use some other data that's available, publicly available uh, from a website called Cubic. Very interesting, it tracks how far people are moving by your cell phone. Uh, don't worry, it's anonymized data, so they don't know who you are, where you're going, but I looked at yesterday, about 33% of people stayed home in Georgia yesterday. About 33% drove greater than 10 miles. About 28% of people drove less than 10 miles and 6% drove or moved less than one mile. So how do we move forward from here, knowing sort of what traffic volumes are and what the trends look like? Well, there's been a couple of important events that happened. One was the Federal CARES Act, where $933 million came to Georgia. Uh, about 411 of that was to the Federal Aviation Administration, which are going to help our airports, 96 airports across Georgia. And obviously the Federal Transit Administration funding was about $122 million to Georgia. 
with the biggest part, about 371 going to Metro Atlanta, but also across this great state, about 26 and a half to large urban areas such as Augusta and Columbus and Savannah, about uh, 49, 50 million to small urban operators and 75 million to Georgia's rural operators. In fact, at one time we had 15 rural operators uh, not uh, working. Now we're just down to nine that are closed. So as we look forward as, as well, is what can help move uh, the economy forward and move transportation forward. Well, the House had in their HEROES Act about $14.775 billion allocated to states on a formula-based program, and that's how we traditionally get federal funding. Georgia's federal funding share uh, of our transportation budget is about 40%, and that's probably on about average nationally as well. Uh, so obviously, uh, the House passed this. The Senate uh, has a different opinion of it. We'll see what happens, but I just wanted everybody to know there was a transportation component in there, very similar to CARES Act, has lots of flexibility with that. And then sort of the perfect storm that's brewing is just in general, transportation funding has to be reauthorized at the end of this federal fiscal year of September 30. So we're keeping an eye on that as well. But as we continue to move forward here, I think it's important to understand what our impacts are. So for our motor fuel and fee collections to date, we are actually about 5.3% ahead of where we were last year. But please understand that is some lagging data information. So we haven't yet seen the full effect of people driving less and consuming less fuel. Uh, obviously, we have to take a 14% budget reduction, just like every agency is. That constitutes about $297 million, and we can talk about that later. But again, I just wanted to affirm that all our projects that are out there are under construction, will be finished. We're still advancing major projects. It's critical that we keep those projects going for supply chain. And I would suggest that again, the supply chain uh, infrastructure, part of the supply chain is more critical than it's ever been. And of course, I'm so sure many of you have seen the meme that says, hey, get out there and do all the construction now while there's no traffic on the roads. And we saw that meme and yes, we're expanding the hours our contractors can work, but we're being very cautious such not to impact freight flows obviously medical transports or anything in or around a hospital or medical facility. So uh, yes, we all look forward to when we can hit the reset button and get back to the future we thought. Obviously it'll be a different future, but I certainly want to assure you that the Department of Transportation is focused on moving forward. So glad to share that information with you and glad to look forward to some dialogue and some questions a little later. So thank you. Commissioner, thank you so much. Um, you know, I think what we'll do is maybe hold questions to the end. If you could do us a favor and unshare your screen. While you do that, I want to go ahead and turn our attention. So, Jacob, we'll save our questions to the end because uh, I really want to give um, Griff an opportunity. Griff is our Executive Director of the Georgia Ports Authority. And truly, for those of you that haven't had the pleasure of working with Griff and his team in the ports, uh, you need to know that they are really the superstar economic engine of Georgia's economy and really an unsung hero in our economic development growth over the last, gosh, 20 or 30 years here. And Griff, we're just so pleased with what you guys are doing at the ports. We know the role that it plays uh, all over the state and the inland ports that you've built out. So we're really looking forward to an update about how this has impacted you and how you look at moving forward. 
Well, Chris, th thank you very much for the kind words. And Russell, great job. I don't have any really sexy screen for you here. There's some pictures to show you, but we'll just have to go what we have. I think, first of all, I want to thank uh, Governor Kemp and his team. They've been helping us kind of with the communication and going through this. And then, of course, like Russell said, with GDOT, GPA has remained open for the entire time. Our employees have done a great job. The ILA, the union membership that's out here working, the truckers, uh, the entire supply chain, and, and also our rail partners in Norfolk Southern CSX. Everybody's really stepped up to the plate. We're very appreciative of that. We're only one piece of the one piece of the pie, and uh, without their support, no cargo would have moved. So I think we've learned a lot about that. Um, Chris, we, uh, we immediately, when this all kind of hit, we went into a isolate and operate mode. And there was one port that had been shut down for, for a fairly short period of time, but it sent kind of a reverberation throughout the ripples throughout the industry and people started getting concerned. And so we immediately said, look, let's put an isolate and operate strategy into place make sure that if there is an area that is impacted by a COVID case, we can isolate it, clean up the machine, whatever it might be, and the rest of the terminal can continue to operate. We've continued to do that throughout this entire uh, you know, ordeal, and it's worked well, and so I'm pleased about that. Um, clearly, our business has been impacted, as everybody would imagine. We were down about 18% in March, that was more of a, a supply issue. That, that, was, that was mostly because of China's shutdown in January and February. So we didn't have a lot of cargo, as much cargo as last year coming in uh, because the ports in China were shut down. April down 6%, 7%, uh, much better than what we had expected. So I was actually, hate to say it, but pleased with those numbers considering where we thought we might end up. Uh, and this now, what we're in now is more of a demand issue. Obviously with the US being shut down, the folks aren't buying like they were, but there are some bright spots. So the good news is for the year to date, our fiscal year starts July 1. Our fiscal year to date is only 0.5% up, but we're still up. And that's a lot more than many ports around the US can say. And I think that just speaks to the Georgia economy. And, and again, you have to recognize Governor Kemp we're getting things open early and getting at it because that's going to help us in the long run. Um, very quickly, the things that we're seeing, unlike we've ever seen before, is something called avoided sailing. And these normally happen in the winter schedules for our ocean carrier customers, where they restrict or cut back on the number of ships that are calling any given port. Well, what we're dealing with right now is unprecedented. Our, our ocean carrier customers are cutting sailing. So they're reducing the number of ships that are in services around the world. It's not as obviously just a Georgia issue, but May through, I want to say, uh, excuse me, April through June, we project somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 vessel calls that won't happen. Looks like that might be a little bit better, but that's a big hit. And uh, so when we look out into June, we're still looking at 20% off. May will probably be in the 15% down range year over year. And the ports have been used to record numbers year after year. And, and this year was, we were on track to break another record. I think for our fiscal year, we'll come in on the container side down probably about 3%, which again is not the end of the world. It's, we're in, in the mode now, we're trying to prepare our budget and we'll have to see how next year kind of plays out. But as we look into the summer, our peak season, we think we'll be, uh, we'll be hit pretty, pretty hard, but, uh, but manageable. Hopefully, and what we see, and I'll be interested to hear some of the folks that dial into your calls here, especially the economists, what, 
what everybody expects. We're hearing different V, a U correction and whatnot. So, so we're thinking that, that uh, after we learn the alphabet, we'll, we'll, we'll fall somewhere in this U correction. But, but what that means is the fourth quarter, our fourth quarter of next year, second quarter calendar year of 2021, we should start seeing some improvement. And that's our, our hope. And there's some other bright spots that we'll, we'll talk about as we get into the questions uh, in just a few minutes. Great. Thanks, Griff. We, we appreciate that. That's a great overview. Let me go ahead and kick off with a question to you. I mean, you know, Russell talked about the focus on uh, expansion and construction while there's a little bit of a downturn. Where are we at with GPA's expansion project? Have you, has this slowed you down? Has it sped you up? Or have you been able to stay on schedule? Well, I would say that the projects that are ongoing, like Russell talked about, anything that we have ongoing is fully funded and we're carrying those out. Clearly, as we put our budget together, we look at our next year, we are looking at what are our strategic projects, what we're, what's a have to have and what's a nice to have. And we're kind of putting the nice to haves on the table. There are some big projects like the Savannah Container Terminal that we're looking to get a new facility that we're looking to uh, permit over the next couple of years. We're still in full design mode for that. We've got new birth construction that needs to happen. So yeah, strategic projects still moving ahead. Nice to haves on the table. And I think the Georgia Ports Authority has learned over the years that these are good times and opportunities as Russell pointed out to take advantage of a downtime, improve your facilities. So when you come out of this, you're in better shape and better position to handle future growth. And that's kind of the way we're looking at it. Santiago, you got a question for Russell? Uh, yes, I do. Um, as, as we're moving, as we're going back to reopening, uh, you know, I don't think any of us think it's going to be business as it was before. So I'm assuming that you guys are taking into account less traffic overall. Uh, how is that playing into to your budgetary uh, as, you're, as you're preparing the budget and the cuts? And, What's what's your thought on on what traffic is going to look like a couple months down the road as everybody starts going back to work? Yeah, that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Is what is the new normal? <laughs> <laughs> as I mentioned, you know, it's been interesting because we were trying to solve congestion before. Now we're hoping to see a little bit more traffic back. And in fact, I would predict that in Metro Atlanta you'll start seeing some onset congestion, uh, not due to crashes or things like that or construction, but just due to volume. Because what we saw on the way down as traffic began to decrease, when we got to about 25, 30% down, and that's about where we are now, uh, we saw congestion to begin to erode and not be as long or as intense. So as traffic comes back, we'll start seeing that. now. As we relate to the budget, obviously consumption of gas uh, by the gallon is how we get most of our funding. So, you know, that's going to be really the story to see is how that comes back. But as it relates to our budget, uh, our budget, uh, we presented to our state transportation board today for uh, 21, uh, is about $297 million reduction overall. And about two thirds of that is in our capital programs. So, we knew this day were coming and we saw it coming obviously as COVID-19 uh, onset began. So one of the things we try to do to take advantage of the great workforce we have in Georgia with our Georgia highway contractors and vendors and suppliers was this year, fiscal year uh, 20, 
we really had a robust year and we saw that we had a lot of projects scheduled for this time of year in May and June that we've actually taken about $188 million and cascaded forward into next budget year beginning July 1. And so we feel good that one will have good competitive pricing because you know of the economy Two, we can meter out work as well to keep Georgia's workforce engaged sort of over this hump as traffic begins to rebuild and see what that new future is like. So we've been strategic in how we've tried to approach this, obviously understanding the transportation industry and want to get those transportation infrastructure projects out there and going. So, you know, time will tell, um, obviously, as well as if there is stimulus for some kind of thing that helps transportation departments. Uh, that would be an added benefit. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens, you know, at the federal level. I can tell you, though, some other states are really struggling at the moment. Uh, our friends in North Carolina certainly are struggling in the transportation sector. They're, they're shutting down projects and don't even plan to bid anything, uh, you know, coming up in the next, next months or even year. So uh, I think we're pretty well positioned. And again, watching, we're watching closely to see how these traffic volumes look and those vehicle miles traveled even more importantly as things open back up. Thank you, Commissioner. Thanks. Commissioner, I want to ask both you and Griff the same question, if you if you will, and I'll let Russell, you go first, then Griff, and then Santiago, you can kind of ask Griff one final question before we wrap up. Both of you guys, uh, all three of us, have served this last year on the Logistics Study uh, Commission with our friends in the House and the Senate. Uh, travel the state, listening to the needs to, to improve our, our ports, our rails, our airports, roads, bridges. I'm curious, both of you, what are your, uh, you know, where are you at mentally and what do you see the importance of us completing that work and finding uh, financial solutions to invest in the long-term needs? Because I think it's both a, it's an ongoing economic issue, but now it becomes a stimulus issue as well, right? Um, uh, Russell, I'll start with you, kind of your thoughts and perspectives, and then Griff, you can jump in. Thanks, Chris. You know, I really think this has highlighted and showed the criticality of transportation infrastructure, whether it's rail, surface transportation, ports, waterways, all aviation, all of it, to show how critical and fragile the supply chain can be. You know, one of the things that really was sort of eye-opening to us was how critical uh, restrooms were for at the rest areas and welcome centers for the truckers. And obviously truck parking was an issue we talked about at the Freight Commission and Georgia DOT is already underway doing some study of that to be prepared for how we can uh, again expand truck parking, which is critical for freight movement. But as I know Griff sitting there uh, looking at what his, what, what's cargo is coming in and maybe be, maybe down, but obviously this economy has really changed and you know, the advent of home delivery and, you know, of all the home deliveries that come to my house from the various suppliers, you know, transportation infrastructure is still as critical as ever. And I think, I think COVID-19 even highlights and emphasizes more how we need to continue to invest in transportation infrastructure. And just, just two weeks ago, we had a virtual uh, industry forum for rebuilding Interstate 285 at I-20 on the east side of Atlanta. That's one of the top 20 freight bottlenecks in this nation. And it just shows that again, even during down traffic, we still have freight bottlenecks and choke points that we need to get relief for. So 
I think it's really highlighted, COVID-19 has really highlighted the work of the commission and the importance for us to continue to work forward to grow Georgia's economy. Griff, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chris, I really, yeah, I, I really, I think Russell's done a great job kind of summarizing that. I think, you know, we're seeing businesses now, I'll give an example, Kia is an example. They, they are now wanting to produce cars. They opened up, uh, but they've got to shut down because they don't have all the parts they need. And, you know, that's the entire supply chain. Some of it's ocean related, less of it domestic side, but, but clearly the idea of having a fluid system that can move cargo and people effectively and efficiently is critical. And as Russell said, I think there's probably no other time in our history, our recent history, where the transportation system shined more and became more into the spotlight, it was more in the spotlight. And people are wondering, how are my goods getting to the store? I know my family was wondering, where's this toilet paper coming from, right? So, so I think that's just one small example. But look, I think for us, uh, as, as Russell said, we, we recognize how important the, the, the supply chain is. And I think from, for your question, as it relates to the Freight and Logistics Commission, it raises the bar, it raises the level of importance of something like this. And I think it just shows once again, how Georgia is leading the way uh, and having the important conversations now and not, not playing catch up. And I think that's really important. Uh, Griff uh, Santiago here, have uh, one question for you. I heard President Trump yesterday on a call with Hispanic leaders talk about uh, the USMC, you know, the agreement that was, that was ratified and he signed uh, this year, which we really never were able to get going, right, because of COVID-19 uh, kind of paralyzed a lot of that. Um, you know, for our community in particular, that's really important. How do you see that coming into play as as, as we start, uh, you know, getting away with restrictions, move, removing restrictions and opening trade back up? Well, I think the, the trade deals in general are critically important to us. Uh, you know, when we were, we were, as the COVID had struck, we were going into phase one of the deal with China and, and our exports were just starting to pick up after a, a time of being somewhat depressed. And, and that was really exciting to us. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that Georgia especially, where we are now on the East Coast, the number one exporter of containerized cargo. Uh, you've got other ports that are larger than us in, in, the, in New Jersey, New York. Uh, but that's something that happens because of Georgia and the, the, mostly the ag market, the agriculture market. So it is probably more important for Georgia than any other state when you think about exports and the, the demand for those exports. So yeah, we, um, and really when I look forward over the next year, we're a consumer nation, right? And so our imports are getting hit right now and there are some bright spots in e-commerce and things like this, but the exports are going to be the thing that helps Georgia, helps the Georgia ports offset those impacts. And those deals are critically important to us. I can't emphasize that enough. And we're excited about every time one of those comes together, it's only going to help Georgia more. So we, we support it and uh, we support the president as well in those efforts. Thank you. Thanks, Griff. I, I think you, both of your comments here about freight logistics, these trade deals reemphasize the need when the General Assembly does return in June to reauthorize the Freight and Logistics Study Committee. And if, if nothing, accelerate our work uh, from a perspective of 
what we're seeing are the companies all around the world now, particularly those that are headquartered in the U.S. are talking about reshoring. They're talking about changing their supply chains, moving those back home. And so those states that have the infrastructure investment and those plans in place are going to have a head start. And so, um, so we're all on board. For those of you that are listening to us that care about these issues, uh, you can go to uh, Georgia Can't Wait for Freight uh, to learn more, or you can join us at the Georgia Transportation Alliance. Uh, again, I want to thank Russell McMurray and Griff Lynch for what you do for the state of Georgia for taking the time with us today. Santiago, as always, um, again, follow us. Uh, be with us next week for our industry roundtables as well as uh, a town hall with Dr. Toomey. Thank all of you guys for being with us and may God continue to bless our state.